every freaking second of the day, I'm going to do it. Everybody wants to be mother freaking wealthy. Are you willing to adapt? Are you willing to change? How uncomfortable are you willing to get? How willing are you going to be to allow me to help you? This is a marathon, not a sprint. You give up your right to be average and ordinary. You gotta show up earlier, you gotta be here later, you gotta hit harder, be more productive, be more focused. If you don't see it that way, you will fail at it. You guys have been the pillar and the backbone of Planet First Life now for quite some time. Keep growing. Hello, everybody. Andrew Taylor here. Sean Mike, thank you for coming in. Thank you. Good morning. Yeah, you can't, you can't get to it every time. You can't, you can't pick and choose. First question at FFL Enhanced Foundation. What are some things you would be doing personally now that you know integrity is looking for in a partner that would separate yourself from the rest of the other builders in the company. Love it. My social media presence would be a big deal for me. I think they watch all of that. Actually, I know they do. I think they're looking for growth in, in that that they're very um, a big proponent of what we've been doing and, and what they're doing and what we're doing together. So I would I'd I'd have a uh, very big social media presence. I can tell you that. Um, and I know it sounds like simple, but growth, you know, I think we've become a big fan. I think it's worked well for us with integrity and we've allowed, we've been able to get so many additional partnerships purely because we're grown like crazy. So at the end of the day, let's say you're at, and there's a lot of people, you're in there and you go, what do I do? I don't know how quickly can you get, <clears throat> how quickly can you get to. And they are looking for people that, you know, when you start looking at doing a deal like they're doing, right? What are they, what are they looking at? Well, they want them, A, you got to be working hard, right? I mean, th- this isn't a deal where, you know, hey, I don't really do much. I have this. I don't know what to do with it. Here, take it. It's active people running the business, being profitable, kicking butt, growing like crazy. And then those people want to continue to do that. And it's mutually advantageous for both parties. So when you look at the people that got their deals, with, especially ones recently, they've been in the field. Building their business, recruiting, selling. We get it with integrity. They're not selling anymore. You know what I mean? So now it's like, but you know what they know? If uh, Ivan Vedroff was not going to at 40 hours a week, wow, what is he going to do building a business now that he doesn't have to worry about any of that ever? And he has all that time to go into, you know, to put into building the business. So they're looking for a crazy good work ethic. They, you have to make yourself seen. How do you do that? Social media. You're, um, I mean, they we give them all the time. So they see them all. I mean, you know, outperform people and it doesn't matter how long you've been here or, you know, where you're from or who your mom and dad are. It's just, it's pure growth. So I would definitely, my social media, which means you have to have good staff, right? Promoting, marketing yourselves. So you're on the map. Everybody knows who you are. And then growth. hit. Um, it's really hard to dispute. You know, I think for people, it's really hard to, to, to say it's hard to, to, you can't dispute the growth. And, you know, when you look, a lot of people, we have a, a great amount of people that are three, four, five, six a month. And then we're trying to figure, now it could be somebody's doing now who gets faster than most everybody else. And then that, but you know, and, and I think keep hiring. That's the other thing. I think we, we had some people that made the mistake of, Hey, I built a business. I, you know, I've, I've helped this leg over here. I've stacked people and like, I'm good. And it's like, well, no, you're not good. We're you're like, you gotta, dude, you gotta keep building it. So, um, I'd keep selling and recruiting like crazy. Um, I wouldn't let up and I tell people go crazy, work real hard for a year and look at the position you'll be in for your business and also your, your potential partnership with integrity.
Awesome. Uh, next question at Megan underscore Adams. When you started building your business, what are some of the key traits you looked for in a recruit that let you know to focus your time and energy on them? You know, same thing I looked in when I was coaching, you know, I, like I wanted people that, that, that had a desire. I wanted people that wanted to be part of a team. You know, I wanted uh, people that would be accountable. You know, hey, man, you should have done that. Got it. My bad. Like, I'll fix it. I wanted people that be willing to do that. And I wanted people that, that wanted to see other people win. I think because if you want to see other people win, you're going to want to see your clients win, right? That's part of the deal, too. You need to put your clients into a good position. If you want to see your clients win, you know, then then good chance you're going to be good in the field, right? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously. And then, so at the end of the day, if you're, if you're willing to do that and you're working real hard to get there, then that whole thing changes. And then, you know, I want people that, you know, listen, there's, it's inconvenient providing well for your family. I just want to be honest with you. It's inconvenient. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to miss things. There's going to be times it's going to be, it's going to be stressful. There's going to be times that maybe you don't want to do certain things, but at the end of the day, it's the right thing to do, right? Like it just is, but it's inconvenient to take care of your family the right way is inconvenient for you. Um, but that's part of being a parent and that's part of being a provider, you know, I think that you don't get to pick and choose, you know, when you provide, you, you got to you go to work and you get up, put your pants on and put your shoes on and go to work, whatever time that is. And, you know, when I got my license, Andrew, one of the guys, when I got my license, a guy named Jim said, well, let me ask you something. How many hours do you think you're going to put in? And I said, well, bro, right now I work third shift at the state. I go in there at 10 p.m. I work to 8 a.m. Monday through Friday. I work the weekends overtime, so I have money. When I get out of work at the state, I go to my real estate office. So I would get up, Andrew, this ain't so great, but at eight o'clock, like I'm done at my state job, I'd go into the bathroom. I would like clean up, brush my teeth, get ready, boom, do my thing and change my clothes into the real estate office. I could be there by like 9.30 as an hour drive and I'd do 9.30 to probably 5, 5.30 and then I would eat, I'd see the kids, do something with them, you know, their homework, the whole deal. I would sleep for like an hour or two. And that's no BS. So I did. And so I did for five, six, seven days, you know, and every once in a while, yeah, something happened where I didn't have the real estate office that day or something. And maybe I got some more sleep, but that's what I did because it was about providing. I wasn't getting rich. I was trying to make sure that I was getting right. And that's the other thing. People are like, was your goal to get rich? I'm like, no, my goal was to get right. What I mean, get right. Meaning I didn't want to make decisions based on money for people I cared about. I just didn't. I, I didn't want to, you know, if my kids needed something, whatever it was, I didn't want to go how much. If they needed it, they deserved it. I want to do it. If my mother needed something medically, I didn't want to go how much. I never wanted to do that. And and I think, you know, I've told this story a bunch of times, but my life completely changed um, my perspective when my son had his second surgery on his arm. And, and I'm not saying he should have had this the first time, whatever, but the doctor who's very, you know, very well-known doctor for a major league sports, uh, you know, program team said, do you want us to put synthetic bone in there? And I'm thinking, I'm a doctor. Would I not want it? And he goes, well, I just asked Sean because it's not covered by insurance. And I said, no, I dress like this when I go in there. You know what I mean? Like shorts and T-shirts. Like, so I don't, I never talked to him about, you know, working with me. I didn't, he's a very, very, very successful surgeon. So I just like kind of did my thing, made sure my son's arm was okay. And I said, well, doc, why would I not want it? And he goes, well, again, it's covered, not covered by insurance. And he goes, I said, I definitely want it. He goes, do you want to know how much money it is? I said, doesn't matter. The answer is yes. And then he said, hey, you have to pay it on the spot. Just so where there's no confusion. Like, if you don't pay it before the surgery, there's no payment plan on it. We won't bill you after. 
I go, well, I'm doing it no matter what. I'll give you a credit card number right now. I don't care how much it costs, but let me ask you something. Are my son's chances of recovery greater with it? He said dramatically. And I was like, good Lord. How much was it? Seven, eight, nine grand. I wonder where they get synthetic bone. I don't know. But all I know is this, is if it allowed him to do something he loved, and he's been you know, now a couple years doing his thing, healthier than he ever been in his life, I could never imagine, and people have to, because you have to come up with the money there. You can't, no pay, you can't say yes to it and then not pay it, because it's your yeah. kid. Most everybody would say yes. <laughs> like, hey, I'll do it. When do I pay it? We'll bill you. Okay. And then they're like, dude, if I owe it, I owe it. But it's like, you have to pay. Like, they literally are like, okay, good. I'm going to have her call you. Like, we have to get that ready for surgery. We can't have it unless, and the whole concept was, it was a growth plate so that that's not like a, that's not like a, your body doesn't recognize it as a bone, so it doesn't shoot blood to it when it's broken. It's cartilage. So you have to almost trick the body into thinking you broke a bone. It's really weird. So putting that in there with everything, they sh- they, they scrape your, like, scraped his wrist and got bone marrow and put that in as well to convince the body, like, hey, something's broken. Feed blood to it. And that didn't happen the first time, so it didn't heal right. And then it healed right, and it was perfect. And it was like, dude, it's a wrap. But think about all that. Could you imagine? And, you know, and if you had asked me, you know, 10 years ago, hell, if you'd asked me five years ago, dude, I didn't have, my credit card wouldn't have covered that. I don't have anybody to borrow the money from. Bank wasn't going to lend me 10 grand for a surgical procedure for my, you know, for my son, right? Yeah. So I, I just, I don't know. I just, everything changed for me. And I was like, you know what, man? That's why I've always worked this hard. It wasn't a, you know, it's not buying helicopters. It wasn't a penthouse. It was, it was, it was my son. It was surgery, dude. And that's, that's, that's important. Yeah. Next question. How do you transition from relationship selling to selling leads? That's a great question. So I was never a big warm market salesperson, to be honest with you. And the reason I say that is I, I got in this business because of leads. Like I never got into life insurance going, I can't wait to sell my uncle a policy. I didn't think that was good long-term business. So, you know, I did sell a few to people I know, but that was never my goal. That's a dead end. You might have a few people want life insurance. By the way, sell it to them. Life is good. Help them. Um, I think you should, you know, all of the above. But at the end of the day, um, I was lead selling day one. Um, Relationship selling is a lot harder. You can say whatever you want. It is, and the business is not as good. Because your friends and family can always say no to you. And if they don't say no to you up front, they can always say no to you after a month or two or three when they have the policy and they don't want it anymore because you're the friend or you're their son or you're their, you're their nephew. They, they have no problem doing that. So that's why no leads. There's no long-term business at all. You know, um, at the end of the day, I, so I always did that. Now, if you sold a few to people, you know, um, if you've done that because you think that's easier, it's not, and you only you were only able to sell a couple. You not get you got to get into selling leads right away. I also would not focus um, when I started. I never started anybody with like if you knew people wanted life insurance, sell it, sell it to them. If you didn't have a policy of yourself and you need, you know, you were going to pay it, like you got it, buy it. You should have life insurance. Everybody needs life insurance. But at the end of the day, what you have to understand is, um, please start with leads immediately. This whole warm market thing, I'm okay with you. Sell called policies from a guy who sold a few, um, it's really hard to sell to your friends and family because, again, they know you, and they don't want to talk about it with you. You might sell a couple, and anybody says that's not true is lying to you. There's no look at the companies that try it. There's no real 
to speak of. So um, I would get in the lead selling immediately. What you have to understand about leads, here's what's great about leads. Your family didn't say they wanted anything. You tried to sell them something. They never said they wanted anything. You got insurance license. You told me you had insurance license. You asked me if you could talk to my life insurance. They said yes. They didn't ask you for anything. That's a sale. You know, our leads that have said I want something and they don't know you. And it's weird too because your friends and family you'll say no to, but not strangers. It's weird because they're like, man, you came all over my house. Andrew came to my house. He, I filled this out. He called me. He left his family, came out here to meet with us. Man, his time is valuable. He's very serious about what it is. We don't know him. There's no familiarity, breeding contempt. So we'll say yes. But all of a sudden, your nephew goes, hey, I need to meet with you. You're like, okay, today's not good. Hey, how about Saturday? Yes. Hey, hey busy. Tom, I'm busy. I'm not mad at you. I'm just, they don't feel like doing it, dude. They never asked for life insurance. You know, we get back, you know, two or 3% of these people through the internet to see these things. It's not the majority of people. Most of your family, if they've not gotten life insurance, are part of the 97% of the people as of right now. They're not going to buy it as of right now. Something might change your life to make them a client, but leads are clients. Clients are buyers. Your family are just people you're going to try to meet with and try to perfect what you're doing. So, I don't think it's much of a transition at all. It's a hell of a lot easier. And don't kid yourself for a minute that hiding by calling your uncle and your aunt once a week and pretending like you have policies is the way to do it. Getting leads and getting in front of 25, 30 people a week is the only way to do this thing. Yeah, love it, man. Well, thank you for joining us, dude. We'll be back next Saturday, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I look forward to seeing you guys then. Thank you, guys. See ya.